you guys have a fun week. Rain, snow, more rain coming, more snow. Right? No, no. <laughs> uh, either way, right? Moisture is moisture, right? That's. Oh, um, I also forgot uh, we have our our new daily breads. So this is for June, July, and August. So if you want to join us in reading those, we have those available in the back. And also, um, Sean and Janine working with, what's the kids group called? I, for, I forgot the kids group. But they have a link on Amazon uh, to um, buy, buy up books to anything to mattresses and everything. But if you... Yeah, the books are for, uh, they're working with the children's home across the border. Okay. So it's not the one we go to, it's in the other town. Okay. But yeah, we, I know Bryce has shared it and Sean shared it, but if you feel led to, to give to any of those needs, uh, that's on Amazon. I'll find that link and share it on the church page as well. Real quick, yeah. also, just any kids' books that are in good shape, they can use on Del Rio's side, too. Oh. Because um, they have a, kind of a youth center there. They oh. have to do this year, but when they get it going again, they give out the books as, as kind of incentives and helping Spanish-speaking, learn English. And awesome. So we could do a kids' book drive and send them all down? So that'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. We got free shipping and handling right there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, that's that's awesome. Well, I hope uh, either either way, whether you enjoy the sun and shine or the snow, I, I enjoy snow, you, you know that, right? But... Uh, this this week, uh, ups and downs, and driving through mud, we can we can always see the Lord's blessings in those things. You know how how He has blessed us every single day. And today we we come here to to know Him, uh, to worship Him, and and to dig into His Word together. You know, I was you know thinking about this this last year. You know, it's been been a hard year for a lot of people. You know, it's, it's been a strange year, a year of hardship and struggle. But, you know, right, right here, we can come together and be the body of Christ. You know, coming together and proclaiming who the Lord is, you know, it is a great, probably even the greatest thing we get to do. And you know, we, we get to do that to, together, <clears throat> to sing to the Most High, the Holy One of Heaven, and to hear his spoken and breathed out word. You know, the church is a, is a unique uh, community. It's not uh, some bar or sporting event where, where everyone knows your name. You know, if you're a Cheers fan, if you ever watched that show. No? Yeah. Nobody? A couple? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not a job where you punch in and punch out, give your hours to make a wage. Now, here we... We rest. Here we, we rest in the love of God. We express the love of God. We express the love that we have for God in words and deeds in our life. And we are in that together. And we, we call that fellowship, right? We have fellowship time or fellowship hour, but it's really actually a part of life. Uh, a shared life together. 
Now and then we come to study. We come to the study of Scripture. And whether that's taking a part in reading the daily bread or taking uh, a Bible app up in the morning and reading off your phone or uh, picking up the right bonded leather or true tone, right? bound leather, right? Bound, oh, or genuine, right? The really expensive one. Um, you know, the, we have all different types of bound or bonded. So, yeah. We'll look that word up. How about that? <laughs> See how Google says it. You know, but that's, you know, that's reading the word. You know, that's, you know, taking time not just to read it, but seeing what it says, what it says about us, what it says about God, and then taking time to understand it. You know, starting out with the context. You know, context is king. Well, Jesus is king, but when in Bible reading, context is, is king. And maybe even take a time to do a word study. You know, there's may, many great tools to, to help there. And then we go to the application of the text, right? What, is, what does that mean to me? You know, as we go on in our study, you know, we take what we know and we go to the world. You know, whether that's to Simla, Colorado, to Del Rio, Texas, to Poland, to Nebraska. You know, we go out. And we share. You know, we share what we know to the highways and byways. And we let people know that the crucified king is coming, is returning one day. And that's all an, an awesome blessing, an awesome calling of what it means to be gathered here. And be a part of a body. That we would be about him. That we would love him and serve him all the more because he is, he is worthy you know, as we've gone through and we're almost done with the study of Luke, you know, we started kind of like with the grid, with the, all the Old Testament, you know, scriptures, and we, we saw, hey, Jesus is the Messiah. And we come today and it's like, you know, Jesus is the Messiah, but he's also God. And, you know, it's, it's who he is. He is worthy. Well, today we, we return to our study in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 7, if you want to turn there with me where we see a conversation between Jesus and his brothers. And then we see that Jesus speaks about what is true. And then we see that that conversation takes place within the temple. <coughs> uh, let's start with a word of prayer. <coughs> oh, Father God, we, we thank you for today. Lord, we just uh, thank you that we can we can gather together. We can we can express our love to you. We can we can know that you love us because while we were still enemies, you died for us. And as we talked about in Sunday school, you sent your Son to bridge the divide between God and man. That He is. He is God and he is able to do that. He is able to pay in full our, our sin. We thank you for that, Lord. Help us uh, go forward in our study of John. Help us uh, be equipped to, to go about our day and to lovingly and truthfully tell people about your unique son who's come to be the ransom for all. 
And we thank you for uh, Sean and Janine, all that they're doing. We pray for them, pray for their ministry. And uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for this time together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. On John 7, uh, we'll start in verses 1 through 9. John records this. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, his brothers said to him, leave, go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers, for, for not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. Well, we see after the events of chapter 6, where we saw the, the feeding of the crowd, and we saw that crowd trying to, trying to control Jesus, we saw that he was very firm with them, telling them what they must eat of and what they must drink of to have eternal life. And then we saw that after that, many disciples actually deserted Jesus. But then we saw the resolve of the 12. <coughs> because they know. You know they know uh, resoundly who Jesus is. They knew you know, that he had the words of life. Well, after all of that, Jesus stayed in Galilee. You know, he didn't go to Judea because he knew that the Jewish leaders, those of the ruling class, the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, were all seeking to kill him. So the Feast of Booths comes. Well, the Feast of Booths is known as Tabernacles, uh, most commonly. And it is actually a joyous, joyous celebration. Uh, the words today. <laughs> a joyous celebration as the Israelites celebrated God's protection and provision for them uh, in the day, in that day, and then it actually is looking back to the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. So this is one of those feasts or festivals, just as we talked about uh, in Sunday school, that Jews went to. It was in New Testament times, they would congregate in Jerusalem, and they would celebrate Passover, Pentecost, and booths or tabernacles. So now this, this feast came. So the brothers of Jesus come to him and start, start talking to him. Well, we know that Jesus had four brothers. According to Matthew 13, 55, they are James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, who is later known as Jude. And they are speaking to him. And they say, go, show yourself to your followers. Show yourself to the world. If. If you really do these things, then be open about it. It seems like brother talk, right? You know, they're calling him out. Prove it, man. Show me, you know. It's almost like the crowd from chapter 6. Well, show us a sign. 
it's like, were you just fed? You know, right? You know, it's, it's like, you know, the text clearly states, you know, right now, the brothers of Jesus do not believe in him. You know, Jesus tells them this, is not yet my time, but your time is here. The world can't hate you, but it hates me because I call out its evils. Jesus tells them it's not yet his time. He's not, he's not accepted. The brothers are. The world hates Jesus because he is the light. He's the one from heaven. He is the truth. And he, he tells the world this is how it is. It, of its evil, of its brokenness, of its need for a savior. Now, Jesus tells his brothers, you, you go up to this feast. I'm, I'm not. So he stays in Galilee. And what this, what this text pointed out to me and what really you know, resonated is that the world, the culture, doesn't like being told reality, right? You now we even talked about that in Sunday school. You know, it doesn't like its natural state being exposed, which is enemies of God. And we see here, too, that Jesus is not a God who is to be controlled or caged or called out. No, he is God, and, and we are not. God is the God whose way will stand forever. Now, please turn in your Bibles with me to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, verse uh, 21, states this. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And we see here from Proverbs that you know, humanity's plans come and go. Right? Empires and cultures rage, but they, they disappear and they become a part of a history book. They don't stand. But the Lord's purposes and plans and will stand. No one can turn it back. Now please turn over in your Bibles to Psalm 115. And here we'll read verses 1 through 9. The psalmist says this. Not to us, O Lord. Not to us, but your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness, why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throats. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their helper and their shield. Now the psalmist says this. 
To the Lord be all glory for his steadfast love and his faithfulness. The Lord or the, the nation should not wonder, you know, where is the God of Israel? Where is he? No, he is in heaven and he does as he pleases. The nation's idols aren't anything that come close to the Lord of hosts. They are merely the work of human hands. And the world that worships and crafts those things actually becomes like them. As Tozer says, we become what we worship. So Israel, so people of God, O church, trust in the Lord. For the Lord is our help and our shield. He is the living hope. And we see that God is not a God to be controlled, but he is a God that has powerful purposes and pursuit. Uh, please turn back with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 7. I'll read uh, verses 10 through 24. And John records this. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast, saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, He is a good man, others said, No, he is leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, how is it that this man has learning when has he when he has never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but is his who sent me. If anyone wills to do the God to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Have you, has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus, Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marveled at it. Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so the law of Moses may not be broken, you are angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well. Do not judge by appearance, appearances, but judge with right judgment. After Jesus had spoken to his brothers, they left and went up to Jerusalem, and then Jesus went up privately to the feast. He would show himself to the world in his own timing. And then the Jews, the leaders, were looking for him and were wondering where he was. This is a, a main event in Jerusalem. Every, everyone's congregating. They were, they were expecting him to show up. And the people were, as well, talking about him. Quietly wondering, quietly giving their opinions about him. 
for fear of the leaders of Israel. And then in the middle of the feast, Jesus stands up in the middle of the temple and starts talking. He has no fear. The people fear, though. And Jesus openly teaches in Jerusalem. And the Jews, the, the leaders of Israel, marveled at this. And they say this, this man hasn't studied. He, how does he know so much? You see, Jesus was a carpenter by trade, right? That's what he put his hand to. No, no studying under a rabbi. No, he was, he was trained in a trade. And Jesus answers them saying, My teaching is his who has sent me. Jesus claims this, his teachings are God's teachings. And if anyone wills to follow God, he will know this. It will be as clear as day. For there is no falsehood in the one who seeks the glory of him who has sent him. And Jesus is true. And Jesus has no falsehood. So he takes the leaders to task right here. He says this, they have Moses. They have the law, and yet they don't keep it. And with using the illustration of circumcision as a point, Jesus tells them they are, in fact, actually breaking their own codes around the law in order to keep it. Then Jesus, who is the just judge, tells them plainly he knows that they seek to kill him. But all he has done is made a man's whole body well so why do they judge him they, you know, he calls them to judge justly to judge rightly to look at the heart of the actions taken we see from the text in John that Jesus is the word of God he's the final word he is the truth of God seen because he is the one sent now please turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 1 the author of Hebrews says this in verses 1 through 3 long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world in his radiance of the glory of God he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And we see that there's, there's prophets throughout the whole of the Old Testament that God spoke through them. But now, now he has spoken to us through his son. The heir of all things, the former and framer of all creation, he is God with his very word, he upholds everything. That we would search no more for a word from God, but that we would rest in the word given. The word sitting right at the, the right hand of God. You now this is Jesus the Messiah, the hope of all nations. Now please turn your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 
And Peter says this in verses 20 and 21. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him up from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. See, Jesus is foreknown before the beginning because he was in the beginning with God in the form of God and was made manifest to the world. He is the image of the invisible as it states in Colossians 1.15. He came so that we may believe in God and find hope in him as we see him risen again from the dead alive in glory so we set our hope on what is true and that is Jesus the true one the one that is that is speaking the word from the beginning made manifest to us now please turn back in your Bibles with me to John chapter 7 I'll read uh, verses 25 through 31 when John records this. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is, speaking openly. And they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, You know me, and you know where I come from, but I have not come on my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? I see in this time as Jesus taught some of the crowd, you know, the people that were listening there in the temple were saying this. Isn't this whom the leaders seek? They're, they're, you know, they want to kill him, yet they haven't taken action against him why why are they you know maybe they even saw you know them marveling at jesus well do they do they know do they know that he is the christ but then they say this they're like wait a minute we we know him don't we know where he comes from and would we know if he is the christ well jesus answers them right there right in the temple he says yes you know me and you know where i'm from but I do not come on my own accord. See, Jesus proclaims this. I am sent here. I am a willing servant of another. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men 
and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we see that Jesus is a willing servant who is in the form of God, but he did not stay in heaven. No, he came and served to the point of death upon a cross. And he is exalted above all. And all must bow and confess who he is. Now Jesus says this to the crowd, the one who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I do. For I am from him. And we see that Jesus is God, who fully knows God the Father. The Father is unseen, and Jesus is the seen God, making the unseen known. We actually hear this stated in First John, if you want to turn back to First John, a few pages back. Verse 14 John records this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we see the, the Word, the Son, took upon flesh and dwelt here among humanity, and those there saw his glory of the unique Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then down in 18, John says this, No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. John says this, No one, no one has seen God. Not Moses, not David. The one from the Father's side, though, has seen him, knows him fully. He makes him known. Jesus is here so we can clearly know who God is. After Jesus said this, they, being the leaders of Israel, sought to arrest him. But no one laid a hand on him, for it was not yet his time. And then we see this here in the text. Many believed in him, and they were saying... And when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than this man? You know, they, they looked back. They saw all the wonders of the Old Testament. And they even kind of looked forward and said, well, is there anybody else coming like this? Look at this. Look who this is. There can be none greater than this man. Now, as we started chapter 7, having you know, Jesus' brothers kind of egg him on, to show himself, to, to prove himself. We come to, to see that, that Jesus is not a God to be caged or controlled, but he shows himself as the one sent by the one with no falsehood. For Jesus is the true one. We see that Jesus is the one that, that shows us God, that he is the God who's come down to show us the Almighty and to bring us back. Right? That's, that's the, the joy set before him to bring us back. 
home. You know, from, from Adam, where are you? To the cross of Calvary, to even the great throne, we see God constantly calling his children back. As I thought about this subject this, this week, uh, you know, the... You know, the, the best things that came to mind were, you know, hey, we, we need a, a game plan. And we can't really just pass through life and end up where we're wanting to go, right? It might be, you know, cool, you know, just kind of pull the slot machine, right? <laughs> see, see what happens. You know, but we won't be where we want to be as a people or as a community called out by Christ and we, we need to see who, who Jesus is as he proclaims in this text today. You know, he is the true one sent by God. He is the true one from heaven. You know, we need to form and frame our mission around that. And we need to come together in love for we are saved in the one who loves us. You know, and then we are told throughout the New Testament, right? To love one another. And with that comes, comes fellowship, you know, five minutes after church. Bye. No, it's sharing life together, right? Now that's, that's our fellowship, life together, bearing one another's burdens, praying for one another, helping one another. And then we study. We show ourselves we seek to show ourselves approved by one God in heaven to give it our best and to apply what we know to life. And then we go out. We take it to the world. We take the truth that we know and we share it starting in our community, in our county, in our nation, to the ends of the earth. Now that's the mindset we need to we need to seek, you know, personally and together. To live in light of the one who has come and lavished us with his grace. Now let's uh, close with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for your amazing grace. This is truly a sweet sound. We thank you that we are covered by the blood. That this this cornerstone that as we as we see the, the leaders of Israel reject throughout the gospels and try and arrest him and persecute him, that he is he is the foundation of our faith. He is the the God come to save us all, to war with the greatest threat against humanity, sin. Lord, I just thank you for today. Thank you that we could come together and, and worship you, come together and seek to know you more. Lord, I just... Uh, Praise you for this time in the book of John. Thank you for the music. Thank you for everyone being here. 
just uh, praise you for for life. You uphold everything. You give us purpose. And we thank you for all of that. And just uh, pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.